Hey, thanks for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to hear more and help support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness or find links to all our socials at zerobrightness.com. Okay, so the new Resident Evil TV show, we are going to talk about it once you watch a little bit of it. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to do today because I wanted to put that out first, but it's actually good. We're not going to talk about it today, but I'm going to give you the sales pitch. The new Resident Evil Netflix series, it's actually good. Everybody telling you it's bad is wrong. Here's why it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first Resident Evil movie by Paul W.S. Anderson, not to be confused with the great filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul W.S. Anderson, not a great filmmaker, but he did made... Did he make Event Horizon? I think he maybe did, but then he never made yeah. anything else good again. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I remember. Don't, you know, whatever. Don't fact Jury's check. out on that one, I think. Yeah, okay. Jury's out. All right. But anyway point is he made that original run of resident evil movies which starts strong and just get worse as they go along but with his wife with his wife mila jovovich um very cool uh she's cool. <laughs> very, chill, she, very cool she's just cool i don't know or unless what is she like a bad person or something oh i don't know i don't know i don't know anything about oh, okay her. i don't know dude they kind of look alike though which is troubling bad troubling <laughs> you think they're related i mean Oh, that's their daughter. I was like, why does this girl look exactly like her? Turns out they made a test tube homunculus art <laughs> Resident Evil style, dude. Um, but OK, so the original Resident Evil movie, I like it. I think it's a good movie. It's cheesy. It's schlocky. It has TBS vibes, but it's very fun. And I think it's a good movie. Do you agree with that or do you heavily disagree with that? Just I want to take the temperature here. I like the first one. Yeah. The second one's like just like off the rails, but I think in a really fun 2003 kind of way. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, they just kind of get boring, in my opinion. Uh, he directed the first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, that's a great movie, too. Which I think is pretty, pretty solid. I'm not sure if he did the second one. Yeah, dude. No, he did not do the second one. That was someone else. Yeah, the second one's not as good. The first one rips, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so maybe he rocks. I don't know. But anyway, with the Resident Evil movies, like, okay, so we're on the same page here. Like, the first two are really fun. And the original one, I think, is a really good movie. And the setup for the original Resident Evil movie is it basically has nothing to do in terms of plot, lore, or story with the games. What it is, is a kind of uh, schlocky, fun, sci-fi, action horror movie that contains a lot of references to the Resident Evil games and the basic premise of there's a big evil pharmaceutical company called Umbrella and they accidentally unleash a zombie outbreak on the world, right? Like... That is the premise in a nutshell. That is exactly the same premise as the new Netflix TV show. And I think that there are so many parallels between the two that it is kind of mind boggling because it's like, oh, this is really just another whack at that idea. 
and it's well made like it's a well shot show the acting is generally pretty good once again it's schlocky uh, <laughs> it's schlocky it's cheesy okay man you're, you're losing me you're losing me no baby. okay okay it's schlocky and it's cheesy but like there are likable characters it looks good like it's fun to watch interesting things happen um the thing that i like most about it uh honestly is that okay so another piece of the premise here is that it's constantly cutting between the future and the past and you kind of have to watch the whole first episode to pick up on this this, like structure of the show because it's not just like a one-time thing or something you do every once in a while it's a constant thing where they're cutting between the time like around the time of the outbreak and like the dystopian future where humanity is basically dead and like uh the dystopian future is really cool it reminds me a lot of like children of men and mad max it's basically like those two things put together i think it has a lot in common with like a lot of these like ps4 games like if you play all those games like i do like dying light and um days gone and stuff like that there is a lot of similarities between that show and those games uh the past world is pretty cool because it's basically like reimagining umbrella as like a quasi realistic shitty tech slash pharmaceutical company so like there's lots of you know lots of references to things like that and i don't know it's i think it's really well done it just doesn't really have anything to do in terms of plot lore story with the original games which i also don't think is a bad thing and like when i was watching that show two things occurred to me number one if you asked me to write a resident evil tv show it would probably look something like that like i would probably be like okay i'm just gonna make something totally new that kind of plays with ideas from this franchise i'm not going to take the insanely thin and terrible plot story dialogue characters from the games and try and turn it into a tv show and they did that with the Welcome to Raccoon City movie, which I think is great, and everyone hated it. So it's like, gamers, gamers, you need to figure out what you want. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you go to a restaurant and you say, give me anything. And then when they bring you out food, you're like, oh, fuck you. I wanted a, I wanted a fucking hat. I came here to buy a hat. It's like, no, you're in a restaurant, dude. They're going to bring you food. What the fuck? The other thing that occurred to me is that I think the worst Resident Evil media in terms of like media adaptations are those cgi movies and the cgi tv show and the reason those are bad is because they're ugly and they're boring and i wouldn't say that this show is ugly or boring so i think it's far more watchable than any of that shit and if anyone says this show is bad but likes any of those like movies or the netflix cgi resident Evil tv show you are full of shit you are so full of shit that i just can't even like consider what you're saying you know what i mean this is gonna be a fun one when we get there because uh man this is like normally i feel like i'd be the person that's saying all that shit and you would be like no it's garbage it's it's garbo trash it's just it's good like i don't know what people expected like yes some of it feels like a cw show yes a lot of it is really corny and goofy yes there are plot holes but like it's resident evil what resident evil game has an even competent story like literally none of them 
I'm just in my why is it being made era, I think. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do this. And I think that I would take the new movie and the new TV show over years of like terrible CGI shit and the Paul. An- well, Anderson what I should movies. say is I'm in my like, why are they doing this when they've already tried it seven other times and it's been pretty mediocre all those times. Sure. So it's, you know, it's uh, you're not even beating a dead horse. You're like beating a taxidermied horse <laughs> like it's just I don't, you know i don't know yeah i, I but, mean uh, yeah i'm yeah. gonna sit down and, and watch this this hogwash and see what the see what comes out the one thing i will say it has a really bad opening the opening of the show i mean that first 11 minutes was brutal dog it gets better i do think it has a very bad opening like the opening so far is the worst part of the show and the introduction of the like the high school setting with the kids in high school is also really rough because like the first time you see them there's like a Billie Eilish song synced and one of them just like is styled exactly like Billie Eilish and it's Mm -hmm. like oh and 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 her name is Billie (laughs) it's like I remember wait what like but that's okay so that is literally the worst part of the show and then it like immediately gets better and it's actually really good i've watched four episodes of it and i really like it once again also you have to have your expectations set okay so here's the thing here's the other thing i also just finished watching mindhunter mindhunter is one of the best tv shows of all time directed by one of the best like film directors ever everything is expensive and beautiful and great the acting is like world class and everything and it's like okay if i you know if i finished mindhunter and i said wow what a what a great show that was so much fun what should i watch next well let's watch resident evil and i thought to myself i bet it's gonna be just as good as mindhunter well i would be what is colloquially known as a fucking idiot because like of course of course not when i press play on resident evil i was thinking hey maybe it'll be like you know ghost whisperer or supernatural or some show that i used to just watch to pass the time that is like really fucking stupid that is arguably not quote-unquote good but is actually like fun to watch and entertaining and like decent to look at like it has decent production value and all that shit and that's exactly what this show is except i'd argue that it's even better than that so well i watched seven seasons of supernatural and i'm here to tell you i had more fun doing that than watching 11 minutes of this show well you have to give it more than 11 minutes i bet the first 11 minutes of supernatural are also not good because that's totally one that's totally one of those shows that takes like three seasons to really get going yeah, I don't know. I was really in my like Buffy the Vampire Slayer era, so I liked the uh, I liked the X Files style monster of the week format until they started kind of slowly making it more complicated, and then I was into it because it was complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like it's that kind of show. I don't know what people want. Once again, it's based on something that is stupid. Like, what do you expect? Something really smart that's based off something really fucking dumb? That's crazy. That's actually crazy. You know what I mean? 
Like David Fincher. I'm sure we can really hammer it out in the episode okay. that's about Resident Evil. <laughs> I'm just saying David Fincher's never gonna direct a Resident Evil movie. <laughs> what I'm actually gonna do is just rewatch Advent Children and uh, then come into the discussion having only watched Advent Children. That would be a good bit. But also Or like I watch Advent Children and then also the Final Fantasy 15 movie, whatever that's called, King something. There's a Final Fantasy 15 movie? Mm-hmm. Is it just like a K-pop like- video? K-pop! <laughs> There's a surprising amount of like supplementary material for 15. I didn't really think that game was quite that popular, but... It's also just... As it was. Not that good. <laughs> yeah! I mean, if it's ever $10, I'll play it. Yeah, well, you know... Or you could play something shorter and probably have more fun. Damn. Which is That's a segue right there. I wasn't playing that at all. Yeah. I swear to God, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually coming into this very unprepared. Hell yeah. Well, I had a lot of ideas like three weeks ago, and then my life continued to fall apart after that. So oh, I've dude. kind of forgotten every point that I had, but maybe I'll get there. Welcome welcome to Zero Brightness in 2022. <laughs> It's, I had a lot of ideas for this show, and then my life fell apart over and over. Hey, you can't see me, but I got two peace signs up. Nice. Yeah, so you hit me up a while ago, and you were like, we should finally just sit down and talk about like uh, game length, because it's become one of the biggest, hottest topics that is debated whenever a new game is announced or released. And it's so weird because this has been going on for years and if you had told me in whatever fucking year 2008 that we would still be doing this i would have been like you're lying because that's dumb but here we are we're still doing this it's only going to get worse as inflation keeps happening and as everyone keeps trying to charge more for a game yes which I, you know, shouts out to Stray for being thirty dollars. I was expecting more. Yeah, for sure. Um, I might start that tonight. I still got to play that one, but it's fun. Looks cute. You should see um, if anyone's modded it to have a uh, a Clovis or donut style. Uh, yeah, They're, that's the thing that's happening is everyone's just putting in mods to make the cat their cat. Yeah, I looked at that quickly, and there is a black cat mod. Cool. Yeah, so we'll see if I can get. Well, there's a black one like in the game at the very beginning. Oh, nice. Um, there's like I, it's. I guess it's supposed to be a litter, and there's just like the one black cat out of the bunch. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, so I guess like brief history of game length discussions. You know, I think that in the 16-bit era, video games started to get long, and it was specifically RPGs. Um, I think the combination of Games getting longer and also, you know, home console gaming exploding in popularity, games being kind of expensive, meant that people started to consider the value per dollar proposition of buying a video game. So if you told someone you get hundreds of hours of playtime or whatever, and you only spend this amount of money, people's eyes would light up and they'd go, great, especially if you were a parent, because this is also the era where. Video games were largely aimed at kids, so some video game marketing was clearly aimed at parents while others of it was aimed at kids or older enthusiasts um, like us, losers. Uh, And so over the years, this kind of only intensified, especially in the PS1 era, 
as RPGs got bigger and longer and crazier, so suddenly like your average RPG was coming out with a print ad, say in like a comic book or something, which is where I saw most of these ads because I had a subscription to Amazing Spider-Man. And so you'd see all these print ads and the, you know, the new ad would come out for Final Fantasy seven and it's a hundreds of hours of gameplay. And you're like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm going to play this game for hundreds of hours, even though you're like a dumb kid and you can't even conceive of that number actually. Um, but also it was happening with normal action adventure games that they were ballooning in length and size and scope. So stuff like Ocarina of Time came out and it was the same thing. You can play this game for hundreds of hours if you want. And it's like, cool, I'm going to do that. Uh, as time That's false advertising. Well, for sure. Right. I mean, there's not hundreds of hours of content in that game. <laughs> there's like 12 hours of content in that game. Uh, I think it's like a 20 hour game. I think it's a solid 20 hours. I mean, I think if you're a raw dog and looking for like all the gold uh, spiders, whatever they're called. Skull tallas. Uh, yeah, like I think if you raw dog that shit, maybe because you're just like running in circles. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, that I mean, that is part of the, the conversation, though, is that like it became a big marketing thing to tell people how much you could play a game. And some of that was not accurate because some of it was based on well, what if you sat down and, and played Bubble Bobble Plus Extreme mm. for 600 hours? It's like, yeah. Someone's done that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. Of course, you can. You can do that with anything. Um, but so it became a big sticking point. It became a big advertising point. And also over time, it became a thing that game enjoyers expected they expected especially within certain genres like rpgs or what have you they expected the games to be really really long i think this probably peaked in the seventh gen when if a game came out and it was too short people were angry i'm sure you remember that because you love the seventh gen I, i think that came a little bit later you think so I th- I think that's that's eighth really, because that's you start. Well, I mean, you know, like Skyrim happened in the seventh gen, I think, but right. That pro- that probably helped a little bit because I'm thinking like when I think of just like a game with just map markers everywhere that you can play for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. For me, at least currently, it's the like full version of The Witcher Three. Sure. Cause I have 150 hours and I haven't even, I've barely started the second expansion. Right. And there's just question, question marks all over all the maps. They're everywhere. Right. Which, you know, most of them are just bandit camps. You just show up and kill four dudes and it clears the thing and you don't really get anything out of it. And yeah, but it's technically content. And cause that's what happened was a lot of games went multiplayer. And so if your game was built as a single player game, people wanted more out of it, I guess, because they could pay 60 bucks for a game to play with their friends for countless hours and have fun as you always do with your friends. Right. Or you could play a single player game by yourself. And, you know, if you beat it in 10 hours, I guess you feel ripped off. I I don't feel that way, but clearly a lot of people did. Right. So everyone started like, everyone started pushing for the like 50 hour single player game, at least if not longer. Yeah. That's where your horizons come in and, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, most seventh gen single player games are still, I think uh, like the long ones were 20 hours and then like the normal length was 
you know, maybe 10 if you were playing it on like hard or something. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I, I'll actually say that I misspoke there. I meant to say the eighth gen because I'm thinking specifically of the order 1886, which is a PS4 game that came out in 2015. So I think the timeline here actually is in the seventh gen they invented the style of game that you were just talking about. And that's with Assassin's Creed, yeah. right? The map game, as people call it now, or the Ubisoft game. Oh, yeah, game. yeah, true. I forgot about Ass Creed. Yeah. Well, and the first one wasn't really even that way. The first one just, like, they padded it out a little bit by making you ride between all the cities. Right. Because uh, you'd, like, go to a city to kill, to, like, assassinate one of the targets, and, like, that would be fun, and then you'd spend, like, 40 minutes trying to get to the next one. Right. Exactly. And then in two, they were like, no, nah, it's time to, don't you want to go to all these lookout towers and stuff? Right. You know, don't you want to collect all this Da Vinci shit? Yeah. So I think really it's like in that seventh gen, they nailed all the tropes and the gameplay style of what we've been calling for this entire show, mono genre games. And it became so popular and it became so standardized that in the eighth gen, so, you know, the PS4 era, when a game came out and it wasn't like that, there was a pretty good chance that people would get pissed about it. And like I said, I bring up that game, The Order 1886, because it caused a really big controversy when it came out. It's a Sony published game. It was meant to be a sort of short action-adventure story game, almost like an interactive movie, very similar in many ways to something like a supermassive game, the company now that makes stuff like uh, Until Dawn and all the other terrible crap they made after that game. Um, <laughs> but people were really, really mad because it was like a super short game like i think if i'm remembering it correctly you could beat it in like four hours and it was the sort of thing that it had really high production value like i said it was supposed to be almost like an interactive movie so you're supposed to go back and replay it multiple times but it just got absolutely slammed for not being longer and I think that for me was when I started to actually think about that issue because now let's pause, rewind, and just talk about horror games. It's rewind time. In the world of horror games, a short game is a good game. Like I never played a horror game and said, oh, that was too short for two reasons. Number one, these games have always uh, meant to be played and replayed and basically with the sequels to the kind of original um, run of survival horror games, they specifically implemented features that encourage the players to play and replay them. So by Resident Evil 2, let alone 3, you knew that when you bought one of these games, you were supposed to play it once, unlock a bunch of shit, play it again, unlock more shit, play it again, play it again. So the main campaign, I guess you could call it being under seven hours, isn't a bad thing because you know that you're going to play it over and over and over. So when this whole thing became an issue to me, it was, it was weird. Like I just didn't understand it. Cause I like short games. I think that with horror games, that whole trend was kind of damaging because a lot of horror games are better when they're shorter 
they work better as brief experiences they work better um, without any sort of like extraneous stuff or padding which you could say about any video game but I think that like you know something like Spider-Man on the PS4 where it's just fun to swing around you don't mind the padding as much because there's this kind of tactile fun thing or a game like Elden Ring which is literally just like you know digital drugs that you get addicted to it's just like oh yeah I'll play this for fucking 200 hours who gives a shit I think with horror games it's much more of a thing where it's like they're trying to do a tension release thing they're trying to keep you in a certain mental state for a long period of time that if it goes on too long just becomes tiring Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable so well I wouldn't say it's tiring and uncomfortable I think at least for me you just you get like short term desensitized to whatever yeah. experience that is. Like the the longer they try to drag out the atmosphere and the tension, the more it just becomes a video game. And then the second you hit, it's just becoming a video game. Then the clunkier aspects uh, aspects of survival horror compared to other games like really start to bother you. Right. Right. Like if you get really tired of Silent Hills bullshit after two hours, you're you are going to be very sensitive to being like, oh, it's really hard to aim and kill things. Yeah. This combat sucks. ass. <laughs> so that yeah, you know, that's why that game, you know, maybe if you're like a total dumb dumb like me, maybe it takes you like eight hours to beat it or something, which is manageable, I guess. There's enough downtime between like combat related sections in that game yeah um but yeah like it's designed to be played and finished in what four to five hours ideally yeah for sure and when you have some familiarity with it it pretty easily drops to like three hours yeah and then you know by that point if you're replaying it you're familiar with you're familiar enough with it to kind of avoid some of the like more annoying pitfalls of the game right. so you can kind of blast through it a bit easier and get the pieces that you missed the first time yeah exactly or you can just wait five years and play it again and you forgot everything <laughs> which is another thing that I do and it's great yeah for sure but, but I think you bring up an interesting point here which is that with the older survival horror games it was definitely more of a yeah managing that gaminess right so like not keeping people in it too long so that it just becomes like this rote routine video game thing which is i think a big problem that happens with some of the ps2 era horror games i think all those games are at least 20 to 30 percent too long i've said that on the show before but i'm thinking specifically Mm -hmm. of games like haunting ground and kuon those are two examples that jump to mind i mean those games are just too long like um and that well god there's so much to talk about here we'll come that let's put a pin in the idea of too long for a second but (laughs) i think those games are too long because yeah you start to get tired of the game the atmosphere isn't as interesting the aesthetics aren't as interesting so you start to just see it as a game where you're moving a character around and pressing x a lot occasionally pressing r1 or something you know like uh it's just like kind of loses some of 
the magic. Whereas if you look at another game from that time, which is Clock Tower 3, which I'm a big fan of and I've talked about before, um, that game is really short. That is actually like a four hour game and it really stands out from the other survival horror games at that time, like in that late PS2 era, because it's so short and it's so punchy. Like you're never bored playing that game. And that is a game where you might have to run around, do a ton of backtracking, do a lot of that, like kind of mo a lot of the most hated things within the survival horror genre, but it just is really breezy because the game doesn't overstay its welcome. So, and then I think when you look at the seventh gen and the eighth gen, which is when uh, horror games underwent a huge shift in tone and style, first person became the norm. Everything was all about making these like, you know, games that were just trying to scare you really intensely and immerse you really intensely. Combat wasn't as big of a deal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In those games, I guess that's what I'm talking about where like, the first couple hours are super effective and the longer you hold the player under in that atmosphere they either get fatigued by it if it's effective or they get bored by it if it's not effective you know like if they just don't if you mm -hmm. don't think amnesia is scary you know you're just like why am i in the dark so much you know so it's a problem it's a design problem <laughs> yeah and i i think a useful thing about keeping it short is um Assuming you're kind of sitting down and playing it in an afternoon or something, you don't really see the end coming. Right. Like if it keeps you locked in really hard for three to four hours, you play it and then it it just ends. Right. And it's kind of like not knowing the runtime of a movie. Like you generally know, is this going to be like an hour 20? Is this going to be two, three hour? Like you, you can get a feel for that, but you never know exactly. So if you're not looking at a timestamp, you're just watching it until you're immersed in it until it, it ends. Right. And the problem with making a game really long is that you're probably going to play it in chunks. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not playing it in chunks, even if you're one of those weirdos that just like buys it day one, takes off of work <laughs> and then gets mad that you beat it because you played it for 12 hours straight. Uh -huh. <laughs> like it's going to be segmented usually into chapters or whatever and you're gonna kind of be able to tell pretty quickly when it's gonna be over right which is also bad yeah <laughs> like you don't you don't want to sit there and either be like wow i can't believe i've got six more chapters of this shit to sit through or you know like oh shit i've only got one more before this thing's over like you just you should be playing it and just experiencing it but unfortunately I think length plays like a big role in how you do that right. or if you can do that at all. It's like a horror game, especially being locked into such a short time. If it holds you in, you get to like really live in it and have a complete experience without thinking about when it's going to stop or getting like a bunch of clear signs that it's about to stop. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that gets to a big point that I want to talk about, which is like, does does the length of a game matter or maybe a better question is when does the length of a game matter? Cause like I like short games, especially in the horror genre for what you're saying. Like it keeps you locked in. It gives it such an intense thrill ride kind of feeling. And yeah, you don't see the end coming. And when it does, it's kind of like shocking in a really cool way. So like when 
Silent Hill ends. It's such a cool feeling. When Resident Evil 2 ends, it's such a cool feeling. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is great. When Clock Tower 3 ends, you're just like, oh, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, it really just gives you that feeling, you know, and it keeps you on your toes and it makes you want to go back in and replay it, which I think once again is has always been the dominant design style in horror games. And there really are two approaches to making a game, right? You can either say, we want people to go back in and play it again, or you can say, we want people to play it for as long as possible and then maybe potentially never touch it again. And I don't think one is better than the other necessarily. They're just different. And I think that's something that kind of gets lost when we talk about the length of video games. Like... I think that a lot of people think that you have to pick a side and say, oh, long games are better or short games are better or whatever. And it's like, no, they're just different types of art, right? Like there's long form art and there's short form art, right? Like if you're a band and you're recording something, you can make an LP or an EP. An LP is usually, you know, 10 songs, 44 minutes average. And an EP is closer to like four to six songs under 25 minutes, right? It doesn't mean you can say I like one over the other, like, oh, I like LPs better than EPs or I like EPs better than LPs, but you can't really say one is inherently better than the other. They're just different ways Mm -hmm. to look at making art. And yeah, for me personally, I like short games better, which is part of the reason I've always liked horror games better. Um, You know, is that like I like something that's short and punchy that I can go and replay So all of my favorite horror games I've played multiple times, even some of the longer ones like the evil within games, like I've played multiple times just because that's what I like to do with video games. As much as I like to check out new shit, I like to have the things that I really love and I like to go and re-experience them because I'm, as I've said many times on this show, I just look at them as works of art and I put them on the same pedestal as like books or movies. And so like, My favorite books I've read dozens of times. My favorite movies I've watched dozens of times. Like, do not ask me how many times I've seen Blade Runner. It's weird, you know? (laughs) Like, that's what I like to do. And I think that definitely there there should be more appreciation for the people who make something that's just short and punchy and fun to go back into multiple times. Yeah, or that know how to make a game long for a reason. Yes, And not just because I think when people talk about like length, just like general people, Uh they don't. The quality of the length doesn't ever come up. Right. They like they're literally looking for boxes to check because, you know, most open world, you know, games that kind of split because all those games also split this the main storyline into like quests, basically. Yeah. Like everything became like, here's your main quest, here's your side quests. Generally, the side quests aren't even that big of a deal. It's actually all just in the main quest. And then your main quest is like really padded out with a bunch of just like go here. Uh, oh, you got to come back and then go back, actually, because this thing happened. Whoopsie. whoopsie yeah. You know? And it's just kind of that until you make it. Right. And that's not fun. Yeah that padding should be on the side. Like if you just really like the gameplay loop or you like exploring, like that should be something you can choose to do. Right. And I hate, I hate, you know, to, 
to ever have so many good things to say about The Witcher, but you know, because obviously, obviously, this show and its its uh, constituents <laughs> feel a certain way about that company. But um, yeah, that game's at least like if you want to blast through that story, you can do that in like twelve to fifteen hours, dude. You know what? It's it's literally just me. You're talking to the one person who doesn't like The Witcher and who doesn't like CD Projekt Red. It's me. Everybody else likes it. I am totally I don't like alone. CD Projekt Red. I bought that game a whole year before <laughs> everything happened. It just sat in my shit. No, and it's, I've like slowly played it. It's fine. I'm I'm over it. The only time I got heated about it was for obvious personal reasons that I felt were I felt that I was being treated disrespectfully in discourse surrounding my thoughts, but it, I have a, a tons of my friends love CD Projekt Red. They love The Witcher. They love Cyberpunk. I'm fucking married to Monica Coleslaw, who famously loves The Witcher Three. Like it's <laughs> it's fine, and I also like don't really care. Like I don't really get heated about what people do or what people like. I don't know. For I think sure. I think some people like listen to this show. This is a total tangent. I'm sorry. I'll make sure that we get back on to what you're We've talking. We've been tangenting about. for like half of this anyway. So. I know, but I, I do want to. I want to get back to what you're talking about, which is why I feel bad about tangenting here. But I feel that some people listen to this show and they forget that this is a show. It is a a certified zone of my life. It's the splash zone where I come and I give my opinions on things, <laughs> and then they imagine me as this like absolutely unhinged psychopath who's walking down the street and hears someone say uh, cyberpunk and I round on them like some sort of fucking feral cat and like start hissing like I'm actually an extremely reasonable person and I'm a good conversationalist so like I'm not ever going to jump on people for being like I like this or I like that unless it's like I like you know racism or something (laughs) like like Pantera there yeah, that's, that's something that I might jump on you for being- I think the weirder part of that is um I really expected by this point of my like involvement with this and my opinions that I'd be that person to people yeah no I would think but like no it, it's me <laughs> it's mean, always me I don't people know. thought I was James <laughs> <laughs> people didn't notice when I swapped out the whites <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I guess. I'm just like, <laughs> shit, dude. Okay. Another southern, uh, another southern bread white. <laughs> Yeehaw, baby. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, damn, all right. Just hand in my gamer card. I know. Meanwhile, I'm the one who's completely fucking unhinged and is going to eat biscuits and gravy for lunch. So I don't know what any of this means, honestly. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, people don't understand that I'm actually really reasonable and I don't really care what you like or what you do. And it's, it's all... It's all pretty much Gucci, but like, this is my, this is my opinion zone. I come here to give my opinions. And if you don't want to hear my opinions, then like you would actually have to stop listening to this show. And, and if you wanted to just talk to me, you'd have to like actually become my friend and probably live in the same place I live. So, (laughs) cause I'm also not great at like internet friendships. I'm better now because of like the discord and because of like knowing people like you and stuff, but like. I'm still just way better at like seeing people in, in, in person, you know, anyway, Object permanence, baby. Yeah, exactly. I'm a baby. I'm a dumb fucking baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what, what were you, you're saying the Witcher, the Witcher does game length. The well, Witcher. long games. Well, 
Oh, yeah, because, you know, like, I think I played the game for 80 hours before I finished the main quest, but that's because I put off doing the main quest for Honest to God at least 40 hours. Yeah. Like, I intentionally did that, which is also weird because I should have known about the the DLC because now I'm like, well, I need to finish this game before I uninstall it. Like, I want to. I don't need to. Like, I'm like, no, I want to, like, see this product through to the end because I like playing it, but I didn't think about how long that would take. So, I like, I really put off finishing the main story and now I regret that. I should have just, like, blasted through it. Sure. Yeah, and uh, I think... Yeah, like, that's that's the ideal. And then you have just you know like half of the or all i'd say maybe of like the sony single player games that are open world or just we've kind of artificially stretched this the story and then there's some side stuff you can do but like all those games get universal praise everyone brings those up when they talk about like you know getting a lot of value per dollar right and i but it's never like critically talked about they're just like oh it's 10 out of 10 game game of the year i'm like well why man because it's okay because it's just like an okay video game that's long like why does that make it good yeah like i saw a news article that said that stray is the highest reviewed like user reviewed game on steam this year beating out god of war Uh uh-huh which is like why like god of war is fine like i it's okay it's a pretty it's a bit long, but it's like, yeah, it's like a six and a half out of ten, like action movie blockbuster kind of game to play. And I was like, but why is it? Why is everyone just like going ape shit for God of War? Like on on PC specifically, yeah. Like on a platform with so much stuff that comes out all of the time, with so many like really truly stellar things. Like it's just like this thing. Is, yeah, this is the one y'all were most amped about in the year twenty twenty two. So I'm like, well, hey, at least at least it got dethroned, but it kind of sets an upsetting precedent that 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 game really got you know, hyped up. Well, you know, and I think actually though, God of War is kind of God of War 2018. Obviously, we're talking about um, yeah. Daddy Boy, Daddy Boy Explosion um, uh, <laughs> is actually kind of relevant because I think God of War sort of typifies a trend for some of the Sony stuff because as much as they do stuff like uh, you know Days Gone Horizon Zero Dawn games you're supposed to play for hundreds of hours and I've played I like 99% at Days Gone I don't know how long I played that game but I'm sure if I could look at it now I would feel embarrassment not regret but embarrassment Um, but as much as they do that they also have shorter games that seem to do really well critically and i think it's because like there is a demand for that kind of game in like a landscape of games that are all ballooning in length having something that's shorter and tighter does like endear you to the players so i'm looking at how long to beat right now god of war 2018 god of war daddy boy uh, is like a 20-hour game to do the main story. The Last of Us, another big hit for them, was a 15-hour game to do the main story. And so we have to adjust for inflation here. Like, we have to adjust for Ubisoft inflation and say that <laughs> those are now what we consider relatively svelte runtimes for a game. So, like, yeah, if you do something that's really polished and high production value that's a little bit shorter than something that runs long, you do get a lot of 
praise for it and you do find that people actually want that like there is a demand and there is a market for that type of game but it seems that still people are going to err on the side of like the value per dollar thing you know and so games like stray i mean that's a really good thing right like you want to see shorter tighter games that are just like a little bit cheaper uh doing really well because it means that people are kind of getting that idea in their head of like oh i really enjoyed playing a game that wasn't super long and that i'm gonna replay soon to re-experience again and etc etc like that is good that is a net good yeah i also think it's worth noting that the problem with like how long the beat runtime for something like God of War is that those games encourage a certain amount of uh, like side questing and stuff. Sure. Because I think I have about 20 hours in that game and I I think maybe I'm like halfway through the story. Right. And that's because like on one hand I wasn't always completely sure what I was supposed to be <laughs> like doing. Sure. Because I don't I don't necessarily think that that game world like the it's like quasi open world design because it's like half linear, half open world. It's really weird, but I don't think that like the guidance and pacing of it's like really on point. So I kind of just did stuff and I also was like, well, I feel like I'm underpowered. I feel like I don't, I'm not like hitting these dudes hard enough. Right. So there was a lot of like, well, I should be going to look for some stuff to, you know, buy gear, get stat points or whatever it is that I need to do. And most games do that. Right. Like like every every story quest is like, well, technically you can, but I'm like, yeah, but it's probably not considering the part where you have to like. Because everything's got levels too now, it's like you have to fight something that's going to be 10 levels higher than you if you're just blasting through the story. Yeah. To like get through a gateway. So you do have to kind of backtrack and do a little something on the side. Right. So like, you know, it's important that you can actually go through that that main quest or whatever. Right. Like straight without having to do anything else. Like it should, you shouldn't have to like final fantasy style level grind. You should be able to just go through it. Well, that's been something that I think devs have been wrestling with for years, which is how do you make a good long form video game that doesn't get boring or grindy? Like, and I, and I think it's a huge problem, especially in RPGs or anything that's derived from RPGs, which modern action adventure games absolutely are. Um, and so there is that push and that pull, right? It's like, okay, how much extra stuff do we expect the player to do versus how do we keep the game feeling punchy and feeling like it's rolling along? And so I do think that the good long form video games do that kind of without the player noticing and like you know so if you are grinding or doing some side stuff that you need to do to make the game more playable you almost don't feel it happening and that's good long form game design but when a game just blatantly is like well go do this you need to grind that's when you're like oh well fuck you buddy and yeah i recently actually encountered a really good example of this and i started thinking about this because I am playing the near remake, uh, near replicant. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I talked about it in that last episode, and so I started playing the game again and I got really sucked in and I'm playing that game. And that game, the remake is really, really good. Um, it's a very, very good remake. And also, I think that game is definitely better than I remember it being, but 
the minute you get to like the second play of it because it's just like near automata for people who haven't played the original near it's a game that you're meant to replay multiple times in order to see the whole story and like in near automata they were really slick with it where like they put in a ton of new content they made they changed the gameplay style a bunch so when you're doing your second slash third playthrough you like don't even really notice you know that you're replaying long sections of the game because it's like oh i've noticed well <laughs> sure but i mean dude compared to the original near like the original near is literally like okay yeah. well i didn't finish the original near i think i still have a copy too <laughs> yeah dude so i finished the original game and then now i'm i'm doing the long play of like the remake and i am enjoying it but it's also like jesus fucking christ it's like okay well now you need to go kill 10 goats and it's like bro this fucking sucks and the base game Mm -hmm. is a 20 hour relatively punchy game you don't have to do all the side quests you can skip whatever you want to skip it's very well paced but then like the whole gimmick of replaying it like totally tanks it and it's literally you know to me it feels like just a thing to get it up to that like epic 50 hour playtime thing yeah oh yeah even though the seed idea like the actual idea the reason why they did that is really smart and innovative and cool but the way that they did it is just so fucking bad and i think that there's some of that in that modern map game design because like like i bring up spider-man on the ps4 a lot because it's such a good example of this as well because like the first half of spider-man on the ps4 and there is a big like dividing line in the middle of the game where like something happens um the first half is yeah, someone die <laughs> sort of someone's girlfriend died or someone's aunt died <laughs> oh my like, god dude spoilers i've never played it no, but I, it's spider-man I, only one of four things ever happens in spider-man no i know but yeah but venom shows up something <laughs> about the osborns your aunt dies your girlfriend dies yeah for sure but so the first half of that game you're you're correct you're 100 correct the first half of that game is really well paced it's it's fun it's brisk it's breezy you can do side stuff and it's fun you can skip all the side stuff and it's fun whatever you get to the second half and it is such a slog it's like there's nothing new to see there's nothing new to do side stuff is definitely encouraged because it's how you kind of like level up anything for your character but you're totally sick of it it's so boring and i literally just i just powered through it because i was curious to see how it was going to end because the thing that happens in the middle of the game is interesting story-wise um and it basically like for the second half of the game it's way darker like the city is all kind of like on fire and like fucked up and it kind of mm-hmm. goes like batman style where it's like oh, Goth- okay. gotham city yeah. almost and like i was interesting and i wanted to see how the story was going to end but the gameplay was just so boring to me at that point that i just like powered through and to me that is a good example of when a game is too long and this is what i want to talk about here i want to talk about how we define too long Cause I have a really easy definition personally. My definition of too long is just that it's just when a work, it doesn't have to be a video game, but let's say a game. Cause we're talking about video games. It's when a video game can't sustain the fun or good feeling or player attention based on its core ideas and mechanics. So like 
if the game gets to a point where you're meant to keep playing it, but it's no longer fun or interesting, and it should have ended at that point where you lost interest. That, to me, is something that's too long. Spider-Man's a good example. The best example is Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation, brilliant fucking game, amazing visuals, amazing mechanics, so cool. Why the fuck is it a 20-hour game? It's 10 hours. It's 10 whole hours too long. And it's just because, yeah, there, there wasn't more to show the player. It gets harder, it gets more frustrating, but that's not actually good in the absence of any other cool new ideas to sustain that massive game length. So I don't know if you disagree with that or if you have your own kind of definition or criteria of uh, mm-hmm. when a game is too like When do you think a game is too long? I mean, that's a pretty succinct definition. <laughs> um, if I got to like dumb it down for people, though, it's just like that's that's what bloat or padding is. Yeah, that's what that's how you get to the point where that's what's happening. Is when a game's like you've gotten you've gotten all the mechanics and all the abilities and everything else you're going to get like a third of the way in. And then they're like, let's tack two thirds more onto this thing and keep it going. Right. Everyone will get like mad about the length otherwise. Yeah. So that's, yeah, definitely when it's too long. And, you know, there's like a balance of like, well, maybe you pace out where you get abilities and you level up or your skills or whatever the mechanics are in the game. Maybe you can spread it through the game a little more and curb some of that. But, you know, sometimes you'll run into like, well, the story feels like it's dragging in a weird way. So it's, you know, that's why you'll see those things individually criticized or criticized together, depending on the game you're talking about. Right. Um, But I'd argue that like a lot of games do that and people somehow over like they I don't know if they overlook them like they choose to overlook them or they just like don't even notice it because they're convinced that the story is really cool or it looks really nice or whatever whatever reason it is you know that their PS5 game that's like a 6 out of 10 at best is like they're like no this is it I'm glad I bought a $600 Uh console to play this yeah yeah I guess like too, I think that there is kind of a difference between something that takes a long time to finish and something that you just have no reason to finish. And I think that kind of frustrates me when we talk about stuff being too long. Cause I agree with what you're saying, but like, mm. I think they're like, okay. A game like Elden Ring, which I love is very long. It takes a long time to finish. Even if you ignore most if not all of the side stuff or optional stuff like i don't think there's a way to really beat that game for a normal person in under like 40 50 hours right well Um, i'm like 36 in and i'm (laughs) only on the second main boss so yeah for sure i mean i spent 100 hours on my first playthrough so i'm saying like i guess if somebody maybe was like like going really fast tearing ass they could do it in 50 but I was, I was just having a good ass time. But like, I think that's the sort of game where it's like, you can play that for a long time and, or you can play it over a long time. I think that the game is so well made and it's so well paced that like the longer you play it, the more you're rewarded for playing it. Like, 
even when I said in the the last episode we did on it that I feel like the end game gets a little bullshitty. Like I'm talking about the very end of the game, like the very very end of the game, like the whole course of it. I thought it was a good game, but then yeah, like there's also some like mediocre open world games that like I feel are not really worth finishing because it's like, what what are you gonna get? You know, like it's just more fetch quests, more kind of mediocre story. And yeah, like that's, those are games that I think can easily get too long because it's like, why am I still playing this? Like, but Mm -hmm. I, and you know, I think about that in terms of other formats as well. Cause like, this is something we were talking about on discord where it's like, people love to say that like TV shows or podcasts or movies or whatever are too long. And it's always weird to me. Cause it's like, well, if something is long, you can watch it or listen to it or play it in chunks. Right. Mm Mm-hmm like ContraPoints is not sitting you down with a fucking hunting rifle to your head and saying <laughs> you have to watch my two hour long video essay you have to watch it the whole time you can't listen to it and you have to do it in one sitting like that's that's not happening like so you can do whatever you want or like stranger things whatever the the names of the guys who made that show that I can't remember, you know, they don't have like a sword at your neck. Like you have to watch this two and a half hour long finale all at once. Um, I think to claim that one of those things or a game like Elden ring or whatever is too long, you would have to say there's nothing here. There's nothing supporting this scope and scale of a thing. I, you know, I think it's boring and, and weightless and, and I just turned it off then you would be saying you think it's too long. And I don't think any of those things are too long personally. Well, I think part of that's going to be, um, I, man, I don't know if it's like normal people who aren't fucked up or <laughs> just like, I'm going to do this thing. And then instead of being like, Oh, maybe that's more than I like thought knew I was signing up for. I'll take a break. They're like, no, I'm doing the thing. I will sit here and do the thing. Even if I hate doing it, like, I don't know if that's normal people culture and I just like, you know, like miss me with that uh-huh. uh, or just everyone's desire to have a take, you know, like, yeah, there's just like, instead of just discussing a thing, they have to be like, well, I need to have like a thing to say that isn't just about it. So I'm going to pick, I either have to like criticize it or like be overly enthusiastic about how much I like it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think society errs on the side of like, no, I need to have at least one gripe with a thing. And for some yeah. reason, yeah, people really t- have taken to the whole link thing for stuff. And yeah, yeah, if I'm listening to like a long form anything or video that I'm just listening to, like I'll do it in pieces. Like, yeah. It's, it's the streaming age. You can just drag that little bar back to where you were if it doesn't that's assuming it doesn't remember because half the shit you watch on YouTube, if you just, if you're logged into an account, when you pull it back up, it'll just be where you left it. So yeah, it remembers. You ain't gotta, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You ain't gotta watch everything. My, my dumbass fucking is notorious for watching 40 minutes of a movie and then not finishing it for two months. Like that's what I do. It's fine. Yeah. I just, and okay. So I maybe have two pieces of bias here. Number one is that when I was first getting into watching like, movies that weren't just like whatever mainstream movies you know like i got really into these auteurs who would make these super long like three hour movies you know so i'm sitting there watching Mm -hmm. like 
you know, uh, Koyanis Katsi or like <laughs> Heart of Glass or whatever shit. And like, uh, I was like a dumb teenager. So of course I was like taking breaks and watching them in chunks and being like, okay, I'm gonna like watch 30 minutes of this and then, you know, go play Mega Man X4 and then go yeah, like talk to, my yeah, friend on, brother. <laughs> talk to my friend on the phone and then I'm going to have to go like lay some mulch and then I'm going to come back and like watch 30 more minutes. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I just like, I've always kind of had that perspective on that stuff. Like I just never, unless I specifically was like, I want to sit down and watch like a three hour, four hour crazy artsy movie which rarely happened. Like I kind of never did that. And even when I got older and I briefly was getting press passes to go see that shit at like film festivals, I would usually fall asleep. Cause I was like, damn mm. dude. And I remember oh, one of my man, friends would get always, one of my friends would always get really pissed at me. Cause I'd just be like, oh, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, we're at a nice theater. It's 1130 PM, man. Like what do you, what yeah, do you think is going to happen? Nothing bro? more blissful than the sleep you get when you're supposed to be watching something and you just like Homer Simpson style, like conk. <laughs> yeah, I totally. love that shit, man. I wish I fell asleep <laughs> like that every night. Yeah. If they could put that in pill form, holy uh -huh. shit, dude, eradicate insomnia. Big pharma. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah exactly dude you making all these whack-ass commercials give me the homer mm -hmm. simpson sleep pill i think i'll at least give some people like a little benefit of the doubt on maybe hating like uh, like a movie length at least not so much like a podcast or a youtube video or something because like you can make an argument for a movie is uh it's a complete work and you're meant to you're meant to uh, like absorb it in one sitting like if like provided that's the intent you know if it's a movie mm -hmm. that is kind of that thoughtful and it's design like maybe you're supposed to watch it in one sitting so to break it into pieces is like kind of i don't know you're not like disrespecting the art but it's kind of like maybe you're missing part of the vision but i think maybe sure. stuff like that is i won't say exceptionally rare but I think you you might you might have a tough time trying to make a case for that argument with most movies. But like I I feel like I'll allow it, you know, to play yeah. devil's advocate, I guess. Like it seems like that's a, that's a thing someone might be able to sell me on, depending on what we're talking about. But by and large, I, yeah. you know, you can break those things into pieces pretty easily. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like people should watch things in whatever way they want to watch. Oh, them. yeah, it's that's why the other wrinkle to this whole thing is, you know, yeah. you can do what you want. You're a person, but I, you know, not to be a fucking weirdo like you sheeple type MF, but I, people don't really love to think for themselves as much as they think they do. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think that's why. So if people who remember the early episodes of this show i would we would always bring up that clip of david lynch talking about people watching movies on cell phones and i think that clip is so dumb because it's like you know what david lynch shut the fuck up because mm -hmm. like if people want to watch your shit they're gonna watch it in whatever way they can like maybe that's all they have maybe that's how they like to watch things like literally who cares and I think for me, part of it is doing music because with music, you can't tell someone like, well, if you listen 
to my music while you do this fuck you right like it's like if you listen to my music at the gym that's not what it's intended for like you should be at home like journaling you know it's like I mean, what i'm not gonna listen to your music at the gym man no offense i know i'm not, i'm just saying like <laughs> it's just like yeah okay whatever my point is that like it's it would be a ridiculous thing to even say you know what I mean? Or to yeah. tell people like, this is where, and I feel the same way about podcasts because it's like a thing that people generally self-included listen to while they do other shit. Yep. And so it's like, okay, well then, yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone how to listen to it because I feel like they should do it in whatever way, you know, they want to. And I think the other thing too, is that when I started doing longer episodes of the show, I started getting shit for it for no reason. And I was like, you guys know there's a pause button, right? Like, I'm not there, like holding a gun to your head again. Like I'm not there. You can pause it. I love the pause button. If I had control over the platforms, I'd make the pause button even bigger, and I make it like a cool color, <laughs> nice like a tropical green or something, and it'd be huge. Yeah, like when you click it, it makes like EDM like strobe light effects or whatever. For sure, and it plays a really cool sound that everybody loves. I don't know what that is, but just some cool sound is playing right now in the edit. It plays the home improvement like <laughs> it plays the Home Depot beat, dude. <laughs> it turns orange and plays the Home Depot song. I love that. Uh, I love that. A home, fucking... to- a home Depot type beat. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much. I'm dude. imagining a dude that like sits in his like leather, like not even a recliner. It's just like a big chair and like smokes a pipe and just listens to a podcast. It does not get up until it's done. Yeah. And it's just like all the people who got mad at you are like, <laughs> I had to pee really, really bad and I had to wait for your show to be over and I didn't know it was going to be two and a half hours. So I gave myself a UTI or like, whatever, <laughs> you know, like, well, it's just what I'm. Yeah. And that's the thing is that nobody ever hit me with like the actual criticism of something being too long, which is like, it sounds like you ran out of ideas and you're just talking about nothing. That's when something is too long. And like, you know, I mean, I guess people have said that about a couple episodes I've done. You can probably guess which ones, but it's like, well, we were just having fun. <laughs> and I fun. think those are fun. I think, I think they're entertaining, so I don't see it that way. But like, that's what like when you watch a movie that's too long, you're like bored. You don't know what's going on, and you lose interest. And if you're a reasonable person, you're probably just going to turn it off and stop mm-hmm. watching it. Like, that's the same way with video games, where it's like a video game that's too long is basically just making you do shit you don't want to do you think it's boring like okay a great example uh i i think metal gear solid 5 is too long i think it's too long and it's too unfocused and i played a lot of it and i enjoy i've said before i played a lot of it i enjoyed what i played i also just stopped playing it because it was like i i don't think most of these missions are fun and they're making me replay the missions i dislike the most and yeah. that's where I'm just going to kind of say, hey, I'm I'm going to bow out. And it really does feel like it, they wanted to make a big, long, epic game, but there just wasn't enough time and budget and content to do that. And it would have been better as a more focused experience. So, yeah, that, I don't know there's what a game with that game. But that game's like real strength is just in its sandbox. And it like it takes probably 10 or 12 hours of gameplay to really unlock most of that sandbox. And then, yeah, you're playing through the story and you you're having to retread on some things and then the story doesn't even wrap up. So it kind of feels like a waste and yeah. Yeah. Like I love that. I put a lot of hours in that game. Love it. Always recommend it. But like I kind of recommend it in a like have your fun with it. And the second that fun stops for you, like just dip. Yeah, 
for sure and that's Which like kind of like, it can be said about anything and like everybody needs to like deprogram that like fun co-pop part of their brain that's like no I, I have to finish it I got to like yeah I got to the final boss in Revengeance and I was like I'm sick of this yeah <laughs> they like changed the rules of engagement to make this fight hard which is fair you know but I don't really love games like that to begin with I just thought that game was like radical so I played it until I was like this is not fun anymore right and I, and I stopped and I still had a good time I played that game for eight or nine hours or whatever total and yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's something I've noticed a lot about myself is I've kind of found the mile marker for me, which is usually between 20 and 30 hours where it's like for a longer, bigger game. When I get to that 20 to 30 hour point somewhere in there is when I'm either fully committed, like Mm -hmm. I love this game. I think this game is awesome. I'm going to keep playing it until I'm done with it. You know, whatever that means. Or I'm kind of like, should I dip? And I, like that's because that's when I dipped out of Metal Gear Solid Five. That's when I dipped out of Sekiro, um, and just tons of other games. I think I figured it out from playing games that I either really liked or that I did have mixed feelings about. Like you know, Dark Souls is a good example, um, but you know, other games as well that are kind of in that vein where they're like longer, more action adventure type games. Like I started to hit that point, and I was kind of like, okay, I think this is about as much of this as I want. So maybe that's even just like the easier check to see if a game is too long or if you think a game is too long. It's just like, have I kind of had my my fun with this? Because there are games that are much simpler where it might be way lower. Like you might play five or six hours of a game and just be like, okay, that was fun. That was cool. I think I've had about as much as I need of it and I'm good. You know, like I don't necessarily need to keep playing it or need to have some sort of like strong opinion on it. Like I can just be like, cool, bye, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, again, maybe people's desire to have an opinion on a thing since, you know, we live in an information age where it's easier than ever to have an opinion and have someone somewhere read it. Right. Like everyone's like, no, I need to, I need to finish it. Gotta have a take. And you know, I mean, your take can be like, I didn't finish it. I couldn't finish <laughs> it. I just it, it dragged on, drug on, drug did on. I'm not even sure right. what the word is there. You get the idea. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about this yet or not because we took that break there. But like, there, there isn't, there isn't an objectively correct game length for the most part. There's, right. there's simply metrics to identify when maybe the length is not appropriate for what they were clearly going for, whether that's too short or too long. I think typically games are more likely to be longer than they need to be than shorter than they need to be. Right. It's very like a game being shorter than it needs to be. The only way I've ever really like found that is, um, like a, like a haunted demo disc, like one of those joints that you're like, Oh, this could be a whole video game. Right. You see but, the, you know, the potential. Due to obvious reasons, it's like, no, you're going to get <laughs> this little piece and that's probably all you'll ever get because, you know, there's not enough incentive to sit there and craft like a nine hour game or something. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah. Like, you know, you can decide what's appropriate. It doesn't have to be like a 
game review score metric to tell you that it's long or short. Like, I don't, I don't think it's typically a very fair, um, like a fair criticism and like a cost like assessment either. Yeah. Like you'll see that a lot, even in reviews of like, well, this is a full price game and it's only this long. And I'm like, well, is it a five hour game that like looks photorealistic or is it a five hour game that is pixel graphics? That was $60. Like, you know, cause it, yeah. pro- you know, it probably wasn't the latter cause most of those games are 15 to like 25. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, like <laughs> the only triple a, like huge, just like massive games that have been like really short that cost that amount of money or, there's there's something that's not being discussed properly in there, like, you know, like Village or something like if someone played through Village really fast, did none of the side stuff, just blew through it. And they're like, I beat it already. Yeah. Too short. I'm like, you missed part of the game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, too, the cost thing is so weird because, like, it's so personal. It's not even like, oh, the game is the right or wrong price. It's just like, well, how much did you pay for it? And did you think that was a good price for you to pay and yeah i don't know it's just like you know you should just be a smart consumer for yourself Mm -hmm. and if something is more than you want to pay don't buy it like you don't have to buy any of this yeah you You know i mean there's (laughs) we're not fucking 12 anymore right it's the year 2022 everything's basically a tiny computer there is no fucking reason for you to pay more than you feel comfortable paying for a video game like at all yeah, like I paid eight dollars for God of War on PS4. Yeah, I took like I was like, you know what? I want to play this just to see what it's like, but I don't give a fuck about that studio, the guy that designed it, whatever. Like, I just want to see. I went to G2A and I paid eight fucking bucks for a cut. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This is a lot of video game for eight dollars. I am very happy with my purchase. If I would have bought that game at 60 bucks, I would have been like, eh, yeah, eh. But I yeah. didn't because I didn't care. Yeah, for sure. I paid I just $30 think, for Stray because I was like, I got to have the cat game on day one. I want to live yeah. the hype. It was yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, there's just so many things that go into it and it's all basically personal, you know, like you're saying where it's like, what kind of experience do I want to have with the game? Like what, you know how how do i want to play the game and how much time do i spend with it and blah 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 and that stuff is so personal that i think it it gets really weird when people are trying to do the like dollar per value assessment in reviews or in comments under articles and all this shit because it's like dude that's just you and like Mm -hmm. i i think i guess the bottom line for this whole discussion about game length and all stuff for me is that like I just get frustrated when people try to evaluate the quality of a work based on something like how long it is or how much it costs. Cause it's like, I mean, I don't know. I think with everything now we've entered the postmodern age where there's like a digital version, there's a physical version, there's different kinds of digital versions. The price changes over time. Like you're describing, obviously it costs more on release later. It gets cheaper. There's all these different things that happen, but like, that's been happening with music forever right and so like yeah like the first time i heard king uh red by king crimson was like in my friend's car and i was like holy shit what the fuck and then like i went and probably bought it on like a digital storefront and then later like bought it 
as a record and paid you know more than I wanted to pay because I wanted to own the record and so it's like okay lifetime now I've spent $40 on King Crimson Red even listening to it many times it doesn't come even close to how much time I spent with like Elden Ring or something yeah. uh, maybe it does actually this is a bad example but let's say for, <laughs> say, for yeah, man. let's say rhetorically it doesn't mm-hmm. come close even though I'm lying now so it still is like I don't feel bad about the investment I don't think oh fuck like why did I spend $40 on Red by King Crimson because it's like well Red by King Crimson is a great work and even if I had only ever listened to it in the same friend's car one time it wouldn't change how good the record is and if i bought the record and only listened to it one time it wouldn't change how good it is the record is mm-hmm. 40 minutes you know it being longer wouldn't make it better it being shorter wouldn't make it better it is what it is like the work is what the work is and all that other shit is just personal factors and like opinions based on my own personal experience you know well not to make it about our favorite topic but Maybe this is just another uh, gamers are just the fucking worst, man. (laughs) Just the fucking biggest babies on the fucking planet. Because I just don't feel like I've ever seen like quite the obsession with, um, you know, like a, a cost barrier to entry or whatever. Yeah. In games like I do like it or I don't see that in other media as much as I do games. Really? Not too much, at least like you know and it's most stuff has pretty standardized pricing for the most part and I'd say that a lot of that stuff's kind of stayed the same price um it's go- it's and maybe there's up, reasons yeah. well I mean everything's gone up but I think yeah. you know relatively speaking generally you know like if you if you go buy like a graphic novel or a trade paper or something like yeah if it's paperback you know what it's going to cost roughly based on the number of pages, regardless of like what series it is, what publisher it is, whatever. Yeah. The only exception I can think of is like image comics charges 10 bucks for like a volume one usually. Cause they want to try to get you like into it. And then yeah. after that, they go to like their standard price. Yeah. But, like, you know, like something like that, like records to, you know, CDs usually cost about the same. I mean, you've got like differences of what like a DIY band might want to charge for their stuff versus like a label. But typically a CD is, you know, 10 to 15, depending LPs now at least are kind of getting to more like 23, 24 to maybe 40 for a double. And it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like, a well, this is a pixel graphics game versus a triple A open world game. There's no like real there's no like record comparison you can make right. really except for a like you know ep that would be like i guess that would be like an ep and a double lp costing the same fucking amount of money which that it doesn't happen typically right. anyway unless someone's like we pressed four songs to two lps that are one-sided each and you know yeah. whatever but that's that's a really rare occurrence like games have stayed the same price for so long yeah like they continue to just not really go up no matter no matter like what happens no matter what the economy is like no matter how much more complicated they continue to get and how many more people you need to make them yeah kind of you know like the whole industry is just like well everyone wants to pay this one price and then 
like no one like consumers don't want to budge on that price and then they don't want to budge on any of the other ways that studios try to make money off of their stuff so they can continue to pay people and live yeah like it, it feels like most other industries people kind of get a shift happening like they get that like a paperback book is going to go from $12 to $15 like that's just the nature of things but like gamers do not and I guess that's you know it's probably yeah. why you know all the same people are just like oh boy I can't wait to play the next Ubisoft game even right. though they like continue to just like abuse actual human beings and yeah. then also be like, hey, what if we just like pulled half of our shit away from the Internet so you can no longer download it, <laughs> even if right. you own it already? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you well, don't I think- own it. That's the, the other thing. But I don't want to get into a 30 minute discussion yeah, on no. how digital ownership works. Please. Uh, <laughs> um, Sorry. I think, no, it's not you. It's the topic. It's um, not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. I was going to say the thing I've been advocating for the whole time I've been doing this show is that people need to understand how production works because in every industry outside of video games, the pricing of things is based on production. Mm -hmm. And so like, like let's look at guitars, right? If you buy a guitar from Fender, it's relatively cheap because it comes out of a big factory full of people. Now that factory could be in Indonesia. It could be in Mexico. It could be in America. And depending on where it is, they pay people differently. The guitars have different prices, right? If you buy a guitar from something like my friend's company, whale hazard, um, it's my friend, Andy, he makes fucking crazy good guitars. They're amazing. It's just him. It's him and his garage. And he's done really well. Like, um, Andy, the pedal demo guy plays his guitar sometimes. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just does really cool shit, but like it's one guy. It is literally the highest quality materials. His specialty is like super artistic inlays and shit. So it's like that guitar costs more than a Fender guitar, like an average on average, the average Fender guitar is cheaper than his because it's like, well, it's one guy. It's incredibly time intensive and it's insanely high quality, much higher quality than a Fender guitar. So things have to be adjusted in scale. So when we look at video games, it's like, well, yeah, a studio with a bunch of people, it's much more efficient for them to make this gigantic long game. A one man operation is actually much more time intensive for that one person. And yet the expectations are flipped where it's like, okay, well that game has to be cheaper. You know, because obviously it's going to have a different graphical style. Style, it's going to be a little more lo-fi or retro-looking or whatever, and it's going to be shorter. So, like, okay, it has to be cheaper. But then it's like, well, how how does that scale for the person releasing that game? Like, that's a horrible Mm -hmm. deal for them because like they can't afford to hire people because they're probably an upstart. But then they also are going to get like screwed because they're a one-man team, and you know people will always point to some exception where one person made a game that made them a billion dollars. And it's like, well, that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Or like the game that one guy made, that's like the, it looks like an anime shooter, but it's like an unreal engine five. Yeah. So it looks in, it looks like, it looks like crisis five or something. And, you know, I'm just waiting for people to be like, well, this guy made this game by himself or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably on 18 different kinds of social welfare programs in Korea where he lives. Right. And all he does is work on his like waifu game. And he was like, I guess I'll let people play it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and everyone that plays it is like, this is pretty mid. It looks really nice. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you just yeah. get, if it gets popular enough, a bunch of people will be like, see, uh, see, because they yeah. don't, they think don't about yeah. anything in a global context. It's, it's important to look at things in terms of how they're produced. And it's also important to change expectations about games. Like I feel like within video games, another thing that I've been harping on for literal years now on this show is that games have a consumerism problem. There is an overwhelming push for gamers to consume video games like chicken wings, where they get a new one, they strip it down to the fucking bone and they throw it away and never play it again. And it's like, how is that sustainable? I mean, when you look at other types of media, like when you look at movies or books, those are two of my favorite examples because with movies and books, I love short movies and I love short books because you can just experience them over and over and over. Like my favorite books are generally pretty short because it's really fun to go back and reread them. And if those books were closer to a thousand pages, it doesn't mean I wouldn't reread them because I have reread, you know, long books multiple times, but like it also is much more daunting. It's not as enticing a task. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if I was one of those people that was obsessed with Lord of the Rings, which like I never would be because I like stuff that's good, but like I just, (laughs) I just can't imagine the, the like, okay, it's time to do the full series rewatch again, this like nine hour chunk. And it's like, damn like that's something you obviously might do one two three times but at one point is like i don't care about this anymore so like short games are awesome like when the resident evil 3 remake came out i replayed it like three times back to back just for fun because it's fucking fun village yeah oh dude i did the exact same thing with village and it's like yeah like like five or six times Yeah, and like you compare Village to like Resident Evil 5 or 6, which are games that are oh. way too fucking long. And mm, it's like damn. the fun is just so much greater. Even comparing 8 to 7, which is a game I think is way too long. Like 8 yeah. is a massive, massive improvement just in terms of like enjoyment. Just like basic, am I enjoying the game? Are there parts of it I don't want to play? Like, do I want to play the whole thing and do I have fun playing the whole thing? Like, eight is just like perfect scores and seven is like a mixed bag. So it's like, obviously that's better. And then, yeah, like you're saying, like if they want to do DLC, which they're going to do a bunch of fucking DLC for the game, which is awesome. That's great because they can keep working on the game and they can keep making some money and giving people stuff that they want. So like, yeah, they're getting mercenaries, they're getting new chapters and new features and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know if that would have happened if they had been like, okay, let's make this a hundred hour Resident Evil game and just get completely fucking burnt out and then just like have to basically move everybody onto a new project because there's just absolutely no way to do any more Resident Evil shit, you know, or Resident Mm -hmm. Evil 8 shit, you know? glad you brought this up because I didn't really I didn't even really think about the Resident Evil franchise too much in the context of this because like yeah five is like five is a game where they continue to kind of try to give you new little milestones that you've you you've reached and like it's like I don't want to play through the fucking factory in Resident Evil 5 to get the assault rifle or whichever gun you get at that point like no half of those levels suck ass they're just like not fun to play Right. Where do we? I think like when we played it, we tapped out like when you get to the the like ruins where it's like the really big ass room where you have to like go your separate ways and like 
try to shoot all the mirrors or whatever it is and it's like that sucks man like yeah even even trying to pace it out a little bit they still just like flop because what you're doing isn't super yeah. fun yeah but like you think about eight and i don't i don't think there's an area in that game i don't like playing right they're there's all no good part, like all the parts that i'm like man this is gonna suck are like little side things I think, you know, like the werewolf den on the hardest difficulty is like, I definitely, (laughs) I I definitely have to like take a breath before I do that one. But it's also like, well, this is just about the end of the game at this point. And especially after you've beaten it once, you have a little time to kind of prepare yourself. If you need more money to get more stuff to prepare for that, you can. And, you know, after the first playthrough, I entered into it with like just loads of bullets i went into that thing prepped so yeah for sure and like once again you compare that to five five is too long (sighs) and a slog to play you compare it to six six has a good short campaign in it that we talked about in that episode Mm -hmm. leon's campaign like there's a good short campaign within the game but it's also padded out with like four other terrible campaigns of like just like unredeemable garbage and then they don't tell you like hey man you can skip all these other ones you just need to play leon so you gotta play all them shits yeah exactly if you don't know the cheat code which is that then you're fucked and the game is terrible and then you've got seven which goes on for just way too long and slowly just like completely like lost my interest and yeah it's like eight was so great in that way that it's like it's tight it's concise everything's good yeah there's moments of challenge or frustration but they're well paced out a lot of it is towards the end of the game i mean pacing in video games is so 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 important and it's so much easier to do if the game is shorter like i so i think i mentioned earlier like i'm playing that near remake near mm-hmm. replicant it was really interesting to see that like with the improved combat system, the pacing of the main story, which is about 20 hours long. If you do some side quests and stuff is really, really good. I was never bored. I was never frustrated. I had a super good time, but then when like the game restarts, it makes you replay stuff. That's when it kind of starts to be like, Oh yeah. All right. Like this is maybe getting like a little bit, you know, along the tooth or you need to take a break before you jump back in and replay that which is like what i decided to do is just like take a break but i mean if that game had been significantly shorter didn't make you replay areas as much like replaying the whole game would be a much more enticing proposition and the pacing of the whole game would be better so you know that's a game that i think the whole experience with all the replays and everything should be about 30 hours but i think it's closer to like 50 hours you know and yeah that's a problem that some of those longer resident evil games have you know that's a problem that a lot of longer action adventure games have where it's just like it's not just that they're padded out and the pacing isn't amazing it's also just like that basic idea of like if you don't keep things tight you're you're going to run into this problem you know it doesn't matter what you do you're going to run into this problem so short games they fix the problem make short games you know Mm mm-hmm this is so I like I was kind of thinking of how I feel about seven this whole time and you brought up near do you, how much or how often do you think some of these games that um like in near's case it's like a, you have to do a gameplay loop that's effectively the game a couple times in a row or whatever or right 
something that is linear, but is also sort of borrowing its structure from past iterations. So it's not totally like fresh or new. Like how much or how often do you think that those types of games are really banking on a player liking the vibe or the aesthetic or the world or whatever? Because when I think about seven, I kind of didn't like playing a lot of that game. Yeah, I didn't like its approach to combat because it felt like it wanted you to it it felt like eight. It felt like it wanted you to fucking shoot, but it actually wanted you to do like item management more than shooting. Right. And I found myself like just not really stressed, but kind of like I hate being in this area because I can't just like murder everything. Right. And, you know, like running from Jack got a little old sometimes and stuff like that. And then, you know, you get to the. You get to the the cave thing at the fucking end and you're like, wow, all right. But it's, you know, the thing that kept me plugged into that the whole time was like, well, I really like this vibe. I really like Southern Gothic, Louisiana swamp shit since I'm from that area. And I like this direction for this series. So that's what kept me going through it the whole time. And then you think about near near like it has a really strong aesthetic it's you know it's anime but it's even in the world of anime i'd say it's got a pretty like identifiable design language to it oh yeah and it's like i have to imagine the sort of person who really gets into like (laughs) like the sort of guy who's like i have three different 2b statues Uh like people like that are not gonna mind playing that loop three times because they just they like to look at the skirt. They like to <laughs> they like to see the Yoko Taro helmeted character that's in every game. Yeah. Whatever. Like they really like that world. Like well, do that, you think yeah. the developers know that's what they're like that's what they're doing? They're intentionally like, no, people are gonna love this zone. So this this gameplay loop or whatever doesn't have to be like perfect. Yeah. I think that's pretty much always what's happening. And like with near, I mean, that's a vibes 100 game where like the visuals Mm -hmm. are gorgeous. Like, and it's not, I think like it's so unique, like the color palette, the designs, like it looks so good. And the music is actually the best thing about the game. Oh yeah. Big time. The music is so insanely good that it's just like, yeah, like you are just vibing every moment you are playing that game, you are vibing. And I think they definitely count on that. But something like Nier 2, it's like a long form work that's meant to be epic and scale and scope. So that combined with the vibe means that like all of that stuff has a place like the game having the structure it has and requiring you to spend so much time with it makes sense. It's just like, in my opinion, it's too much time because it does become a slog at some point. Like, um, Mm -hmm. even with just getting some of the like middle endings, because you have to get all the endings to see everything in the game. Like you have to replay this one like kind of mini dungeon right at the end of the game a couple times. And like, it's so boring and it sucks. Like doing it once you're like, wow, I hope I never have to do that again. And then the game is like, would you like to do it four times, actually? And it's like, no, but I guess I got this far. I'm just going to keep doing it. So, like, I definitely think that they're counting on people being into the vibe. Near also, especially, it's the story. The story is the reason that you keep playing it, because, like, unlocking all that stuff shows you different facets of the story. It gives you background on, like, Kaine and Emil, who are, like, the most interesting characters in the game. Like, 
the fact that the whole first story is focused on near is like kind of a weird like middle finger to the player because he's like such a boring character <laughs> and then like the other ones are like oh well now we'll tell you about all the interesting people in the game like kine and emil and popla and devila and like characters you actually want to know about so i it's like yeah i see why they did it it definitely has a place but like it just becomes a slog. I think Resident Evil 7, it was the same thing. With Resident Evil 7, they totally like redid the Resident Evil aesthetic. They totally rehabilitated like the vibes. They did something totally different. So suddenly, yeah, you were in this like Southern Gothic Americana thing. There were uh, the film references before that had been kind of subtle were now like super overt. You know, like you play the original Resident Evil and you're like, oh yeah, Texas Chainsaw kind of, right? And you play this game and it's like, Texas, capital T, <laughs> Chainsaw, capital C. And so, it, yeah, it's it's definitely like they're counting on that. And each area you move to has a different vibe. So you go to the second place and it's way more like weird Cronenberg body horror. You go to the next place. It's almost like sci-fi. You go to the end and it's like, I don't know, James Bond or some shit. Like, it's clear that they were, yeah, banking on people just loving the vibe and sticking with it. But yeah it's once again it's there's a problem where like if it's not tight enough and it's not fun enough then like you lose interest and you get bored i think the perfect balance honestly is probably the evil within 2 a game that i talk about like in every fucking episode of the show because it's just like the best game but like just a game that has the perfect gameplay loop that has like the perfect vibes always and lets you choose how much time you want to kill in the game so you can beat it in 20 hours which once again is pretty svelte for like a slightly open worldy action adventure game but you can also beat it in like 80 hours if you want to just fuck around and find everything or you can do like multiple 30 to 40 hour playthroughs like i've done because it's just a fucking banger of a game dude it's like i think it's that combination of like tight gameplay loop and player choice to me that makes it so good the game never makes you waste time you choose to just fuck around and like have a good time so well, i have to admit that i haven't uh, played it yet yeah that's because you fucked up <laughs> right shit <laughs> well well whenever you start paying me minimum wage at least for this job i'm working i'll i'll buy a <laughs> I'll buy a license for. I'll buy. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll rent a license for an indefinite period of time for uh, Evil Within Two. Yeah, I'll rent you a license for Evil Within uh, Two. Yeah. You mail me your hard drive. I'll plug it into my machine. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think we need to do all that. <laughs> Gun to your head. Give me your hard drive. <laughs> Let me borrow it. I'll give it right back. I All lied. It's my turn to use your hard drive. Yeah, I lied. I don't have Netflix. Give me your hard drive. <laughs> We're playing Evil Within too. Hell yes, brother.